Unlock your Bible. Discover the true meaning of life. Learn the cause of world problems and the astounding solution. Prove for yourself what the future holds. In the Trumpet Literature Library, you will find answers to life's most important questions. Explore these vital titles on Trumpet Bookshelf. Welcome to Trumpet Bookshelf. I'm Grant Turgeon. Ancient Israel was once ruled by God. God ruled the nation through the priesthood, through the prophets. But eventually, the people got tired of this arrangement. They clamored for a king. They wanted to be just like everybody else. Notice what God said to Samuel regarding this situation. 1 Samuel 8 and verse 7. Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto you. For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. So their disrespect, their rebellion was not against the man, Samuel, but against God himself. Israel desired a king, and in doing so, they rejected God. They were unique on earth, the only nation led by God. And yet they didn't want that anymore. Notice the way that Samuel explained to the people what a king would do to them. Verse 11, 1 Samuel 8, verse 11. This will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself, for his chariots, and to be his horsemen. And some shall run before his chariots. And he will appoint him captains over thousands and captains over fifties. And will set them to ear his ground and to reap his harvest and to make his instruments of war and instruments of his chariots. And he will take your daughters to be confectionaries and to be cooks and to be bakers. And he will take your fields and your vineyards and your olive yards, even the best of them, and give them to his servants. And he will take the tenth of your seed and of your vineyards and give to his officers and to his servants. I mean... It just goes on and on. All the things that a king would take away from ancient Israel. That's 1 Samuel 8, verses 11 through 15 so far. Continuing here in verse 16. And he will take your men servants and your maid servants and your goodliest young men and your asses and put them to his work. He will take the tenth of your sheep and you shall be his servants. Wow, that sure is a lot of taking, <laughs> a lot of children being put to work at the king's pleasure for whatever the king desires instead of what God would want. Now, this is the option that seemed so desirable to ancient Israel 
to not be ruled by God, but to be ruled by a leader they chose, a human leader, a human government that would tax them to death, essentially. 1 Samuel 8, verse 18. And you shall cry out in that day because of your king, which you shall have chosen you. And the eternal will not hear you in that day. So it looks so nice to set up our own governments to go against God and look at the results. Just look at the results. It's all a trap. On this week's Key of David program, Mr. Gerald Flurry talks about the modern Romans and how America and Britain and Western nations in a lot of ways are a lot like the ancient Roman Empire. This dominant world empire that seemed invincible. It seemed like there was no way they could ever fall. Yet they did. Now, one reason why is because of their troubled economy. Now, you can easily find a free copy of the Worldwide Church of God booklet, The Modern Romans. You can go online and find that. Mr. Flurry recommended doing so. And chapter six of this booklet is titled The Economy in Trouble. Now, earlier on in this booklet, it talks about the twin pillars of taxation and inflation. Now, these are not good pillars to have. These are pillars that will collapse on top of us. And are we not seeing unprecedented levels of taxation and inflation in America today and really in plenty of nations around the world. That's what we're dealing with. And that's what ancient Rome dealt with. And they couldn't stand up to it. They could not sustain that. Here in this chapter six of the modern Romans booklet, it says nothing is surer then death and taxes goes the oft-repeated joke. But to the Romans of the empire, it was no joke. For many, it was truly hard to decide which was worse. Which one's worse, death or taxes? That's how oppressive their taxation became. It says the economic oppression of the later empire increasingly ate the spirit, loyalty, and pride out of the citizenry, high and low, and fostered a rash of other ills. It tore away at community and national spirit. So not only is taxation or inflation 
unsustainable economically, but it absolutely crushes morale. The citizens become disloyal to the country. They are not proud to be part of that country anymore. There's no unity anymore when the government just extracts half of people's income or more in many cases for often ridiculous reasons. There's a lot of division created between the different classes and it particularly crushes the middle class. And of course, when some groups are being taxed excessively while other groups are being paid to live without working by those same taxes, you can see how there would be a lot of division between those groups. If some people are having their money taken away from them to pay for other people not to even work at all, there will be a lot of jealousy and frustration and anger. Obviously, that should be obvious, and yet that's the way that our nations do things. We do have a massive welfare state, even though it saps morale, even though it tears the nation apart. Notice here some of this history of Rome, and just think about how it applies so much to today. It says the costs of running a gigantic empire were massive. They caused a perpetual administrative struggle to maintain a stable economy. The ever burgeoning government bureaucracy became horribly expensive. Now look, there are some costs that are justifiable. Running an empire that makes the world a better place is a worthwhile pursuit. If, if an empire benefits mankind, brings peace to the planet, then that's worth paying for. But this other part about this ever burgeoning government bureaucracy is certainly not worth paying for. We have a government today comprised of millions of workers when it used to be <laughs> comprised of just a thousand or so. Do we really need that big of a jump in government employment in the national government? Do we really have justification for all of those government jobs that our taxes have to pay for. Now we are commanded in the Bible to pay those taxes, even if we don't agree with how they're being used. But still this is an ever burgeoning government bureaucracy and as it talks about here with the Romans, it became horribly expensive. It says here, especially after Diocletian, late third century, 
the greatly enlarged military establishment caused great economic strain. Now, again, a strong military, that's a good thing. That provides for the national defense. You can see some of these costs are good. Some of them are very bad. And we'll, we'll continue through this. It says here, food, supplies, weapons, new frontier posts, and fortification of towns cost fantastic amounts. Extravagant and excessive spending on buildings and engineering works added to the financial load. It took a veritable army of officials to man and work the complicated dual supply and demands of both the government services and the military. This necessitated laying still heavier burdens of taxation upon already overburdened people. Now, here are some taxes that are really hard to justify in a, in a lot of ways. There were land taxes, property taxes, occupation taxes, poll taxes, crop taxes, commercial taxes, taxes on almost everything. No stone was left unturned for revenues. You see, the government entitles itself to every bit of our money. Like I said, there are some good things. The expansion of a good empire, military protection for the nation. And there are plenty of bad things that really the government should not be paying for. <laughs> Indoctrination in the school system. You know, gender reassignment surgery in the military. These are things we're seeing today that our tax dollars have to pay for. And again, millions of federal government workers. That's just crazy. This booklet, The Modern Romans, talks about agriculture being in trouble and how the regular farmer just simply could not sustain that way of life. He had to sell out and flee to the city or become a tenant farmer for one of these bigger farmers. And that life was hardly better than that of a slave. You see that today. We don't really have small farms anymore. We have massive corporate <laughs> type farms. And when farms are forced to feed millions and millions of people, you can imagine that they're using all kinds of less than healthy methods to produce such massive amounts of crops and livestock. Farming is not meant to be done on a gigantic scale. It's bad for health. It's bad for the land. And yet that's what was happening in ancient Rome. This is a quote from Economic and Social History of the Middle Ages. The free yeoman class, that middle class, which is the bone and sinew of every healthy society, was gradually being crushed out. But the protests of these enlightened citizens went for naught. The evil 
of land monopoly was spread over the whole Roman Empire. So small farms wiped out. At the same time, they were importing way more goods than they were exporting. And these cheap foreign goods basically made it impossible for Roman producers to keep up. Roman prices were undercut by foreign prices, putting plenty of Romans out of business. And what do you think those people who were put out of business went to do? Back to this, this source I just quoted, Economic and Social History of the Middle Ages. Many of the dispossessed gave up the struggle and drifted to the towns there to become dependents or clients of the rich or to be engulfed in the increasing idle proletariat of the cities, fed at public expense and amused with the baths and the circus. So there was a mass exodus of people from the countryside, from the farms, into towns and cities where essentially they hopped on welfare. They went from producer to consumer. Does that not sound exactly like what is going on today? This booklet talks about galloping inflation in ancient Rome. They had gold coins, silver coins, copper coins, but all of these coins were not real metal <laughs> the gold was mixed with silver or covered in silver or gold covering the silver the copper was mixed with lead so all of these coins weren't the actual metal they were supposed to be which made them much less valuable than they should have been and this basically turned rich men poor when the government started producing all these extra coins and they were like hybrid coins, they weren't real uh, metal. They were not the quality of metal they were supposed to be. Well, that basically increases the circulation of money in the system and it devalues the currency. And, and really this, this had so many devastating effects on ancient Rome. Diocletian tried to stop the soaring inflation by fixing the maximum prices of goods. But that didn't do that didn't help very much at all. It says here rather than fix prices, it made people afraid to sell. Therefore, demand skyrocketed, and so did prices. So Diocletian did not allow people to sell their goods at the price that those goods were worth. And so no one sold anything, and yet people needed those things. And so eventually the demand was so high that the prices went up too. The prices broke through. Diocletian's price fix. 
It says here, utter economic stagnation resulted. The price-fixing decree was a failure and abandoned within five years. Now, Rome was plagued by the welfare system. At times in the city of Rome, about one-third or even up to one-half of the population was assisted by the government. They lived either entirely or partially on public charity. And this was a problem in all of the big cities of the empire. But how do you pay for so many people to live for free? Those people are living off of government money. So they're not paying money to the government. They're not being taxed because they're not earning any money. So you have to tax everyone else even more. What a devastating cycle. Basically, Rome tanking the value of its own farms and its own goods. And really, a lot of this was the fault of the leadership. They pushed their own people into the welfare system. And this... this lifestyle tears down character if we do not work if we do not have a purpose for being alive we're in a lot of trouble and we're, we'll head into a whole lot of vices to fill the void so this history of the welfare system is a warning for us today here in this this book the new deal in old rome how government in the ancient world tried to deal with modern problems it states even under the empire it became a permanently demoralizing factor in the social and economic life people were schooled to expect something for nothing this failure of the old Roman virtues of self-reliance and initiative was conspicuously shown in that part of the population that was on relief it had far wider aspects, emergencies that would not have dismayed the men of the Republic were too much for the men of the later empire. So essentially people became entitled. They thought the government owed them a free living. Does that sound familiar to today? This destroyed manhood as it says there. The men of the earlier Rome, the stronger Rome, would have been able to stand up and face challenges and deal with emergencies. But these weaker men of the later empire, men protected from <laughs> hardship by welfare, could not stand up. They could not face their problems. They were overwhelmed. Today we see a crisis in manhood and masculinity. We see the plague of mental health, poor mental health, ravaging so many people. 
people just are unable to deal with the consequences of their own actions. And they don't want to have to face their problems. They don't want to stand up and be men. They want the government to step in and help them. Now, the, the sad fact is that the Roman government pushed its own people, in many cases, into that predicament. The same is happening today. What about crushing taxation? That is something that plenty of people are sick of today. One financial expert said people have no reason to save their money. If you keep it, the government will soon find some way of taking it from you. That's the sad truth of it. Saving is a fulfilling and necessary part of our financial lives. And yet, the payoff isn't quite what it should be. Because of inflation, because of taxation, too much of our money gets essentially stolen. That's just part of the reality of life today. The Modern Romans booklet states, taxpayers complain they realize little for their money. Services and education and other vital functions get poorer. Many get pinched or curtailed. Little wonder that there are growing signs of a tax revolt in parts of the United States. Most of Western civilization is merely repeating the financial mistakes of the Roman Empire and surprisingly also the mistakes of a pre-Roman people recorded in biblical history. Now that's what we uh, covered at the beginning with ancient Israel. They cried out for deliverance from taxation, just like Samuel told them they would. He said, look, you're not going to enjoy having a king as much as you think you will. But they pushed forward, they got that king, and they had to learn the hard way. We're learning the hard way that man's systems of government, economy, education, religion, politics are all a sham. They are a fraud and a failure. And thankfully, we are learning this lesson because what does that do? It points us to the solution. The only solution is God's kingdom. A perfect government that will not oppress its own people. That's something we can really look forward to. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Trumpet Bookshelf. You've been listening to Trumpet Bookshelf. Please email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for new episodes every Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time.